Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to do our Super Coach review of round 19, our preview of round 20. Whisperer, welcome back, mate. What's been doing? Hello, mate. How are we? Hey, mate, I'm going okay. Not a bad week in Supercoach. I sort of, I'll be honest with you, I sort of got my hopes up. I thought I'd move up a little bit and uh, very stagnant. How did you go? I also thought I would move up, mate, but very stagnant. I think I moved like a whopping 50, 60 places. So, yeah, nothing changing on my end. No, I scored 1,358, which I, I thought by looking at other scores, I thought I did okay and I'd move up a touch. I ended up going down 230 spots, so I'm sitting at about 4,600 at the moment. Uh, where, whereabouts are you sitting, mate? Uh, if you take off the one at the front of my rank, we're about the same. Hey, how good's that? Hey! Flying. <laughs> uh, mate, trades-wise, I think I'm going to use two this week. That'll leave me with a grand total of two now. Uh, how are you looking as far as trades go? I'm going to use two this week, which will leave me a grand total of zilch. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm sort of... Grim, I'm, grim times, considering we, we still hold AJ and SJ after those trades. Yeah, desperate times. Um, mate, I, I've, I've, I've got to say, I'm seeing a lot of people and the moves they're making this week. People are messaging me, and it seems to be the same sort of names that have been thrown up constantly. I'm sort of taking the approach that, yeah, you know, I'm 4,000 now, but I want to try and make... The 1,000, I don't, I don't want to try and hold on to 4,000. I want to have a real crack at it and, and and sort of try and make some pod moves to hopefully make some ground. Uh, what's your approach on the run home? I've said the exact same thing to plenty of followers. Uh, a lot of guys on my end uh, are doing a lot better than myself. Some of them, some of them are in the top 500, and no one remembers that you come 500. So my advice is I would much rather come 2,000th trying to make something work than 500th playing safe. So I think the approach that you've got, mate, is, is the way to go. Um, obviously, I've been a big uh, big fan of throwing shit at the wall this year and hoping some of it sticks. Unfortunately, none of it has. Uh, but that's going to be the approach for me coming home as well. Uh, we're going to go with some high-ceiling guys and, uh, yeah, pray that something happens because it can't go much worse than what it has. Mate, uh, let's have a look at some of the buys this week, and I'm having a look at some of the guys that have been brought at the moment. The first guy on the list is a guy that I don't have, and it's getting... Harder and harder to watch him play every week. He's absolutely braining at the moment. Payne Haas, he's been brought by almost 10%. I know you're a fan of this one. 
Yeah, uh, I took a big gamble on him back in round 16 uh, after the news that Lodge and, and TPJ were suspended and left. And then obviously now with the news that TPJ has left, it's uh, it's made life so much easier for Payne Haas. I mean, he's competing with what, Ethan Bullymore and Thomas Flegler. Jeez, I know who I'm getting given minutes to there. And uh, Payne Haas has added a new string to his bow. It looks to add some ball playing to the middle. And uh, I know how much you love ball playing middles, mate. So I'm surprised that you're not, not all over him. Mate, I'll tell you why. I'm desperate to get him, but I just don't think it's going to be a reality for me. I think for Payne Haas, the thing that's excited me recently is that, you know, he's gone to another level when Brisbane are genuinely in games. For so long, we've been watching Payne Haas do great things in a team that's going like a busted. You can really see that fight in him at the moment, can't you? That's why I rate him as the as the best prop forward in the world, mate. No disrespect to any of the guys like James Fisher-Harris or whatnot, but the fact that, that Payne Haas did it for so long on the back foot, I'd love to see him inside that competes. And when, they, and when the Brisbane Broncos are competing, uh, we see the level that Haas goes to. Speaking of James Fisher-Harris, mate, I hear you've been uh, hiding in the bushes out the front of his house. Did a little bit of stalking, mate. We're trying to work out where where on earth he is. Obviously, uh, out with the, the COVID stuff and, and with his missus with... The, the bubble and the baby and whatnot. And uh, you brought it to my attention that he may have been back in Sydney. So we have to do some uh, private investigation work, work out where on earth he is. And if he's in uh, Queensland, that's that's great for us. If he's in Sydney, not so great for us considering uh, the restrictions that Sydney siders have. Mate, if there's any nurses out there uh, that are dealing with the Fisher-Harris family at the moment, message one of us because we want to know <laughs> yeah, some details. Hit us up. We, need, we need the information. Yeah, with all, I'm sure his wife is a fantastic lady, but putting her Instagram on private, it really doesn't make life easy for us, does it? I mean, to be fair, the last nurse that messaged me about a Panthers player didn't um, didn't end too well, so maybe we uh, we hold tight that information. Mate, let's dive into the rest of the sells this. Uh, sorry, the buys this weekend. The next three guys, the three most popular guys, are some proper rocks or diamonds guys here. you got Jordan Rapana, Josh Adokar, and Matty Fiegai, which I think is unbelievable to have him as the fourth most brought guy. Tell me about these three. Mate, if we could uh, add some cricket sound effects after you mentioned the name Matt Fiegai, I'd, uh, I'd appreciate that immensely. I just, I don't get this trade at all. Like, I understand people are probably doing it to free up some cash, considering SJ isn't uh, the most expensive player in the world and some like Jerome Hughes or, or Daly Cherry Evans, they're exorbitant amounts of money over 650k for Hughes and over 700k for Daly Cherry Evans. I understand why people are doing it, but like, let's just remember the, the barbecue fiasco. Like there's so many players, the dragons have suspended, they're rotating them. They're not spending them all at once. And um, Fiege hasn't been on hooks brain all year. And I think he's sort of naming him out of necessity rather than the need uh, when Jack Bird drops back to the back line. I think that's really going to throw things out. As for Ado Carr, uh, I'm not so much a, a hater on this by the sounds of it like you are. He is a rocks or diamonds guy, but that left edge for the Storm is absolutely electric. And uh, Ado Carr's on the end of it. We know when he gets a handful of tries, he can go huge. As for Rapana, I can't go near another Raiders fullback after Bally Simpson. Rapana, I just struggle to trust him, man. He's just such an un- unorthodox, strange little character. I, I just struggle to, tr- you know, because I, I like if you bring in Jordan Rapana now, you're stuck with him for the rest of the year. I just don't trust him. Look, the thing the thing that is good about Rapana is he's, he's similar to Tedesco in the mold. When he takes a hit up, he does the, the weird little crab walk side to side and a player will stick his hand out and, and we'll count that as a tackle bust. So he, he racked up a fair few tackle busts last week. I, I say tackle bust in, in quotation marks there. And then if he does go back to the wing, he's on the Raiders strike side, which is always good. But uh, I found it hard to put much stock in any Raiders backline player moving forward. It's just, um, it's, a, it's a big punt. Don't get me wrong. It's a huge, huge gamble, uh, which could pay off huge if he stays a fullback and continues the form that he does but let's just remember the halves go back to Jack Whiten who we know doesn't have the uh, the biggest passing influence on the team does he? No mate and uh, I'll tell you what obviously these three they are a roller coaster, but uh, 
The next guy, David Fafita, number five on this list. Now, a lot of people rushed to bring him in last week. I think we were both part of that party. I know that I was. And then he was moved to the bench. Everyone panicked. Then he came out and he brained it. And, I mean, if I would have told you that Fafita was going to be benched and then he would still be in the top five brought the week after, it just sums up David Fafita, doesn't it? Mate, if you tell me David Fafita played 25 minutes last weekend and scored 150, I don't think I'd be surprised either. He's just that kind of player. And surprising me that a lot of teams don't have him already. Uh, as rocks or diamonds that he is, I think he's just one of these guys you have to own, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think it's too much of a fear watching everyone else that has him. I think you're better off just to cop it on it's, the chin. And It's the exact same thing that I had. I, I had a follow-up message me and ask, is Turbo really that much of a must-have considering you can use the money um, elsewhere on your side? And I think just from the fact that how highly owned these guys are, when they go huge, it's just going to be so hard for you to make up ground. It's like having a um, insurance policy, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Just If they go bad, sweet everyone else goes down with you. And if they go great, it's not going to change your week too much. Mate, number six on the list is a guy that you've been keen off, keen on for a little bit of time. David Nofaluma, 430K for uh, for what we know that Nofaluma can be. It's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Definitely unders. And Adam Dewey is no Benji Marshall, um, but Adam Dewey's been playing some fantastic footy in the sixth jersey of the Tigers. I think that's taken you by surprise this year. It's taken a lot of Tigers fans by surprise this year, actually. And David Nofaluma's numbers skyrocket. Like I'm talking 25, 30% on his average when Adam Dewey is playing six. And uh, with the Tigers run home, it's, it's very, very appealing. I can definitely get behind the David Nofaluma uh, purchase. If you're going off, mate, do you have to have Adam as well? It's not a bad little handcuff to have, is it? Um, you're going to benefit off the both. And look, I really like Adam Dewey. He's not going to feature in the podcast today, but um, he's been sensational and uh, quietly one of the best goal kickers in the comp as well. James Tedesco comes in at number seven. Obviously, so many fullbacks to choose from. There's going to be even more fullbacks to choose from over the next week or two, probably two or three weeks with Pappy returning. What are your thoughts on this on Teddy, mate? Obviously, had a really good game last weekend. Do you see that hanging around? Look, the thing with Tedesco is like we've, We've seen him be quiet this year, and then we've seen him come out and brain it. Uh, other weeks, everyone jumps on the train. We, we look at some of the scores that, that he put out. I remember he put out 131 against the Cowboys. I think it may have been back in round 10, if my memory served me correct, and everyone jumped on. He followed up with a 97, 105, then had Origin and the buys, and then only went 54, 45. Back on the 146 train now, so... Teddy, we know that the floor is is pretty good. It's better than most fullbacks, but I just worry about how few and far between their ceilings are. It looks like he's hitting his strides. We say how poor Teddy has been this year, though. He's only averaging 10 points less than what he averaged last year. So a little bit of drop in production. It's a bottom dollar price. We're going to get him out uh, for the run home. The Roosters have Parramatta, the Panthers, but then after that, they've got the Broncos, St. George, South and Canberra. So three pretty uh, messy matchups, I'd say, there for Teddy. Um, I think oh, I'm on the fence about this one. I, I can't really make a decision. I do like it because we know what Teddy can do at his best, and it's a pretty good price to pick him up at. But at the same time, maybe uh, the Roosters, they haven't really wowed me too much this year. I'm not too sure about you. Mate, oh, I think the other advantage of having Teddy is that I, I think you're almost guaranteed that he won't be rested in the run home. I think even if they wanted to, they probably couldn't. I think they're going to be fighting for a top four spot the entire time anyway. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think Trent Robertson's going to try and do all he can to to get, I guess, the, the run home the best. If we look at the ladder, um, the Roosters are currently points out of the eight out of the four sorry so Parramatta we know they have a pretty horrid run coming home and if the Roosters can build a bit of momentum they could definitely overtake uh, the Eels in that top four spot so I do like your analysis there of Teddy and probably not being rested and then 
they don't have anyone to rest him for, do they? I mean, they've had Ikevalu go down, Billy Smith go down, Brett Morris retire. Uh, Joseph Sawali went back to school, so he's out of the bubble. Like, they've got no one to to shift him in with, and uh, I think that's going to force Trent Robinson's hand a little bit there. It kind of makes tonight's game really important, doesn't it? The Roosters and the Parramatta Eels. If the Parramatta Eels do manage to win tonight, it puts them two games clear of the Roosters there in the top four. It's going to be crucial. I think this game decides the, the the top four personally, mate. I um I generally do because if if Para win, they go to thirty points. The Roosters stay on twenty six with Manly behind them in twenty four. So even if Manly win and the Roosters lose, they're still four points clear of the Parramatta Eels. And um, I think with the Eels run, if the Roosters can edge neck and neck, I think it may be a little bit too much for the for the Eels to overcome considering how poor their run home is. It- so um yeah, I think this is a, a huge game tonight. Actually thinking about it. If you are a James Desco owner, you're sort of hoping that he goes big tonight, but that the Eels win, essentially. Uh, mate, let's go to number eight and nine. Now, these are two halfbacks. DCE obviously had a monster week last week, and Jerome Hughes, a guy that, geez, I, I think you could argue he's been Melbourne's best player this year. He has been unreal all season, Jerome Hughes. Where do you sit on these two? Look, it's no surprise that Turbo didn't do his best last week. We say he didn't. This, this is how ridiculous Tom Travoy has been this year. He scored 95 on the weekend, and we're saying that he had a very quiet game. It just shows you how much of the production that, that he has had this year. It's been sensational. But Cherry Evans, he is, uh, I think he's 770K or something looking from memory, and and Hughes is 100, uh, 650, so 130K difference. I'd much rather go Hughes. Um, I think he's got the more consistent game compared to someone like a Cherry Evans, so I'd prefer Hughes. Man, it's crazy what, what you just said. Obviously, we, we look at a 90-point game from Turbo. I mean, you know, that's 10 more points he's like he scored on the weekend that James Tedesco is averaging. And it was only six months ago we were talking, is James Tedesco the best super coach player we've ever seen? It's unbelievable how the landscape has changed. Yeah, 95 average from from Teddy last year. We were we were losing our minds. And then uh, Teddy, sorry, T- Turbo and Cleary have come out and just absolutely ripped it apart. And it just shows you how... Yeah, just important this fullback position is in Supercoach. Mate, let's talk about number 10 on this list, the last guy there, Dane Gagai. What are your thoughts on this one? Sorry, I just wanted to go back to Turbo for a second because I saw this stat in the weekend. I couldn't believe it. Turbo has played 10 games. He has 15 tries and he has 16 try assists in 10 games. But it, when, when, when you have a look at like all the players and how many points they've scored this year and you know at the moment, fucking unbelievable story, but Isaiah Papali'i, he's coming first overall. Um, he's only scored 240 more points than Tom Trevojevic, and he's played eight more games. He has 31 try involvements in 10 games. That's it's three fucked. try involvements a game. Yeah, That's, it is. Sorry, I, I, know, I know we're going off topic here a little bit, but I, I saw starting the weekend, I couldn't believe it. I'm just, yeah, it's, it's absolutely sensational. And you, you're right with Papa Lee um, being one of the most consistent players in Supercoach. But look at how much game time Turbo's missed, and he's, he's just there nipping his heels. Yeah, and I mean, another guy, David Fafita, when you compare these two, like obviously he's a guy with great base stats and I think he's scored more tries for a forward than we've just about ever seen. He scored two hat-tricks in amongst that as well. He's only scored 130 more points than Turbo in five more games. Like, the more you look at it, the more it just boggles your mind. Turbo's missed eight games this year, so pretty much half of the game's available and he has just about eclipsed everyone in, in, in terms of the Supercoach scoring. It's... Yeah, some of the best form of footy we've seen. It's, it's definitely translated to Supercoach. And, and we go back on the point that I made before about is Turbo necessary? Uh, I think that just even solidifies it. Oh, mate, the the, <laughs> the scores he's putting up is, is unbelievable. I mean, if you were to give him all 18 games like Isaiah Papali has, it'd be scary to think where his score would be. Like, he, he'd be leading 
he'd be in front of second place by like five or six hundred points just going off you know the, the points that he scored so far it's unbelievable mate tell me about Dane Gagai he was number 10 on this list mate I'm an owner I was an owner of Dane Gagai and it Look, it just seems like he's turned a corner because for me as an owner early in the year, it was it was hard watching. Gagai would average 60, but would be on 15 points until the last 10 minutes of the game. And he just pulls something out of nowhere. But it looks like Gagai's found that base, that form again. Um, the rooster, the Rabbitohs left-hand side is singing and they're using him more and more with AJ out. Um, the the theme beforehand was just to go the cutout ball straight to AJ. But now with Mansell there, it looks like they're using Gagai a bit more. I think that only spells good things for him and... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see Gagway being rested at all for the run home. Mate, we obviously mentioned in that list, Adokar, Rapana, Fiegai, Nofaluma, uh, Dane Gagai, all CTWs. And, of course, the guy that has been the most traded out this week is Brian Toto. This one is heartbreaking. I know I know for you on a draft and a classic front, this is a real killer, isn't it? Yeah, look, I um, I got word on, on Monday night that Toto was out on, on pretty good authority. And as you know, mate, in this industry, you don't really want to uh, – put that sort of news out there in case it isn't true but yeah I was sort of planning for this on Monday night and then the news broke on Tuesday and it all went into meltdown and it sucks because Toto has been I would say the best center wing I know that Garrick has probably scored more points but just the fact that we can bank on a safe 60 to 65 points from Brian Toto every week uh, it's it's hard for super coaches especially it's hard with the the so little trades that people have and um, it's it shows you how important trade planning was this year, doesn't it? I think uh, a lot of people like myself just bend off trades thinking that, yeah, yeah, if we keep five or six trades to run home, we'll be sweet. But weeks like this week have happened and, and we have to work out how to combat that. And we've touched on the best buyers, um, but I think everyone is in a similar boat with Brian Toto. Mate, uh, one of his teammates next on the list, not injured, but as we mentioned, uh, birth of a baby over the next few days or potentially in the last few days. Not sure how he, it's He hasn't out. birthed the baby, just uh, just for clarification. Uh, I'm not shocked he hasn't, but yes, <laughs> I'm sure she will soon. Uh, James Fisher-Harris, mate, he's the second most sold out. Um, this is a guy that oh, I wanted for so long, never managed to get him. I think I kind of dodged a bullet to – not dodged a bullet, but I just don't think he's been as impressive as what – I thought he was going to be when I desperately wanted him. Do you understand people trading out the fish? Um, I mean, if you've got trades up your sleeve, yeah. But if you're like myself and like you, if we own Fisher-Harris with limited trades, probably not. Uh, he'll be back, fingers crossed, for the run home. Hopefully he's only going to miss the two or three games. Then he's back and he's a safe 60 or 65 on the weekend. He pumped out a great score. Um, but yeah, I think this one's a, it's, it's a trade issue as to how much you've got in the bank. It's a very subjective. I know that... Uh, we use that word a lot on this podcast about subjective trades and it's, it's each team individual basis. But if you have limited trades, I would definitely be holding on to Fisher-Harris just because of the fact that we need numbers for the run home. Especially, you if you have, especially if you have players, like for example, that go down in rounds 21, 22, 23, if you've got no trades to replace them, at least you've got that safety net knowing that Fisher-Harris is coming back. Yeah. Are you worried at all about Tavita Pangai Jr.? We're obviously seeing... Um... Oh, I'm I'm completely blanking on his name. The New South Wales, the guy that comes off the bench, Liam Martin. Are you worried about these guys playing more minutes through the middle at the back end of this season at all? No, I think Ivan Cleary has a hard on for um, Fisher Harrison. Why wouldn't you? When you've got that that sort of um, presence in your front row, I think this more hurts guys like your Kurt Capewells and your Viliami Kickows and your your Moses Leotas. I think Fisher Harris is the leader of this pack, and especially for the run home, the Panthers. It's been no secret they they've lacked a little bit of cohesion since Nathan Cleary has left with the injury. And I, I suspect that Fisher Harris is sort of that stalwart in that forward pack. And um, I think the big loser of this might be someone like a Spencer Lenu when everyone's full, back, full and back and, and maybe even someone like an Eisenhuth. 
Mate, Sean Johnson, he's the next one on this list. Obviously a guy that a lot of people brought in for round 17, and he looked like he was about to have his best game of the season against Canterbury, another hamstring issue. Um, I think we're hearing that it's meant to be round 22, round 23. He's returning, I believe. Uh, I mean, if you've got the trades, he's not heaps expensive, but, I mean, it's a position that you can just get so many points in, isn't it? I think the reports come out, mate, that it's up to eight weeks. I think um, SJ may have played his last game for Cronulla. Real? Oh, Jesus Christ! That changes yeah, I th- everything. I, th- doesn't I think it? it's I think it's an eight-week eight injury, considering the issue that he's got. Uh, it might, may have been his last game for the Cronulla Sharks. And I think it may have been his last game for my Supercoach career. Um, this this continually seems to be an issue for SJ, and we know how good he can be at the height of his powers. But we know that these injuries they just seem to happen every year, and uh, I just probably can't trust him much more, especially with the age and the the issues that he has in his lower body. Um, he's definitely a sell for me for the season. Uh, and I am probably not even going to look at him again for the rest of his probably, probably playing career. Unfortunately. Fuck. That's an end of an era, isn't it? Yes. Uh, RIP SJ Supercoach career was a fun ride, but I'm sure you can agree. It's just becoming probably too much of a liability. Mate, speaking of guys that uh, they've played their last game this year, Tohu Harris comes in at number four. We understand people trading him out. Number five and six are really interesting. Five is Alex Johnston. Um, a guy that, we're not. It's not completely clear when he will return. We're hearing some whispers he could come back early. We're hearing whispers it could be 22, 23, 24. What's your thoughts on AJ? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think the latest report I read was they're looking for around 22 return, uh, which will be another two weeks. So that'll be, what, four weeks, which was about expected. Um, Southland had the best run home but same thing with Fisher Harris man like I think people are going to need depth uh, and trading out guys they're going to bring that to them later in the year I don't think is ideal same thing if you have a lot of trades cool it's a lot of money go for it but myself I can't do it mate Luke Thompson a guy that uh, I think you've had the same as me for a long time Uh, obviously brained on the weekend I think he, he went 116 or something including a sin bin incredibly impressive but suspended for three games a real stinger there Shout out to the guy that uh, DM me on Instagram. He said, uh, he messaged me just like 10 minutes before, before kickoff. He said, I'm leaving this here for when Luke Thompson scores a double and scores 120. And I replied with, I'm going to leave this here when Luke Thompson continues to fail and scores 55. And uh, yeah, one of us was right. One of us was wrong. I'm not going to say who was who, but I think people... How good is that? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that no, is what, unreal. How, how about the pick? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think the most impressive thing was the fact that he lost 10 points in the sin bin, but also lost 10 minutes on the on the field as well. So it could have been upwards of 130, 140, which is huge for a front row forward. Um, the the highest game I can think of for a prop was uh, Ryan James. I think he got about 150 a couple of years ago. So Thompson could have been pushing uh, the record there for for a prop. But same thing with Fisher Harris, man. This is, this is a very, very boring take, but he's back in three weeks. We know he's back in three weeks. Like, why are we trading him out when he's just depth that we can cover for? So... Yeah, I, I'm of that opinion. I know it's not um, the most exciting take, but I just I feel that if we have people coming back into our sides later in the year, let's just hold them for the depth considering how poor injuries are and how little people trades have. Uh, as I said, who knows what's going to happen in the next three weeks. People seem to fall apart 
and all of a sudden you need uh, someone like a Luke Thompson to come back and save you. Yeah, no, I completely agree, mate. I'm going to be holding him. Uh, I, I, not that I have much choice regardless, but I definitely will be holding him. Uh, mate, Tane Milne comes in at number seven. What a kick in the dick this one has been for people. Oh, gross. I feel so bad for people that got on him. Um, but another one. I mean, I probably wouldn't be trading him out. He's not going to do you any harm. There's every chance he could come back into the team, a couple of injuries, whatnot. Uh, the, for me, the biggest trade targets for people that are struggling with trades, and it seems like a lot of people are, if you have five less than five trades, trade out the guys who, who are definitely done for the season. Uh, I think that's going to answer a lot of the trade questions that, that people are going to DM you. A lot of the trade questions people are going to DM me. First things first, the big priority for me is season-ending injuries and then look at elsewhere um, because I'm sure people have toe. A lot of people would have, have, have SJ as well. A lot of people have toe. So fix those and then probably look at um, your secondary trades in a couple of weeks. Mate, speaking of season-ending injuries, Adam Fanua Blake. Now, if I was Adam Fanua Blake, that would have been a career-ending injury for me. We're hearing he's going to be back pretty soon, though. A wild storyline, isn't see, it? Did we see the footage of that? I, I'm i not a squeamish person, but that was a hard watch for me. You could just see the bone poking through, and it looks like he's just going to whack a bandaid on there and get through. Tougher man than I'll ever be. Yeah, I yeah, I saw a little bit of the footage, and I am a squirmish sort of fella, and I tell you what, my lunch did not taste as good after. Hard to watch. Tough man, though. Uh, tough, tough man, Uh Compound breaks or compound fractures or dislocations, they can be can be brutal, but thankfully it's only in the finger. Um, you can stitch that up, chuck a bandit over it, and Adam Phil Blake will be back to his best. I wouldn't be selling. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be selling, especially now that you've seen Lisa Armau is going as well. I mean, I, I think Adam Phil Blake's going to be forced to play monster minutes, whether he likes it or not, moving forward. Yeah, I think uh, I think the gasket on Matt Lodge and and Fenil Blake will be tested hard, but um, yeah, two of the two of oh, I think one of the best prop combinations this year, uh, considering how much we've seen Matt Lodge develop his game. Uh, I really like the, the the front row pairing for them, and I think Coach Nathan Brown will be relying heavily upon those two. Geez, it would have hit you like a train if you had AFB Luke Thompson and James Fisher Harris. I imagine there would have been some people out there that would have had that combo. Uh, some poor bloke messaged me and said he has Toto, Luke Thompson, AFB um, Tohu Harris and SJ and he had two trades left and I just said if you want to find the delete team button bro I can I can help you out so fucking grim mate uh, 9 and 10 on this list two Penrith Panthers first one's Matt Burton now I've had Matty Burton for a long time he's been very disappointing for quite some time moves into the halves this week uh, I mean are we seeing any upside to Burton is this just a hit and hope if we're holding on to him or if you've got the trades would you be trading him Oh, I've got him in my side. He is now my my main halfback, my only halfback. So Matt Burton better pull something out. Um, but if you've got the trades, yeah, get, get him out. There's, there's better options than Jerome Hughes and whatnot. But uh, same thing, mate. We're going to revert back to the same old uh, excuse. If you if you don't have trades, don't trade out the guys that are going to be making up your numbers. It seems like a lot of teams listening to a lot of the podcasts. Obviously, uh, I'm friends with a lot of the guys in the community, a lot of their fans, a lot of my fans, a lot of everyone. It's just, it looks like people are struggling to feel the 17. So, for me, if you can just get 17 blokes on the pitch, the best 17 possible, you'll be going a fair way. And uh, trading at Matt Burton is probably not the the best way to field 17 this week. Isaiah Yo's the last guy on this list, mate. Only a 1.1% trade uh, out, though. Uh, what's your read on Isaiah Yo? Yeah, obviously, we know Isaiah Yo's got a pretty bad concussion history. I think it's just an indefinite return. This could be next week. It could be six weeks. Um, yeah, uh, this is different to to Fisher-Harris or, or someone like Luke Thompson. We know when their return dates are. I probably can't hold Isaiah Yo, especially in the 2RF, a position that has so much upside. 
Mate, let's have a look at the captaincies heading into round 20. And you've got Gutho taking on Teddy uh, in the game tonight, obviously. A no-go zone there. You've got the Warriors taking on the Tigers. Uh, potentially could be points on both sides there. Uh, is Adam Dwayne, I know you're a fan of him, is he a VC option for you? Uh, I've got five uh, captaincy options this week for the people out there listening. Um, we named five last week. There's only one change to that list this week. I've got James Desco as a vice-captain. Can't hurt to chuck the VC on Teddy. Uh, you don't lose anything out of that. The only problem with chucking the VC on Teddy is, though, you can't see Turbo, which is, I guess, the biggest issue. Uh, Adam Dewey uh, against the Warriors, as you said, mate. I think that this one will be points galore. Uh, the Broncos, Cowboys, I don't think we can go near this game. The only person that is worth a look is Payne Haas, but in 2021, it's not the year of the captain front row forward. Uh, Dragons and the Rabbitohs, Cody Walker written all over it. This one could be a big score for Cody Walker, another good VC option. Raiders and the Knights uh, can't really go near, near Kalen Ponga with the, I guess, issues that he's got surrounding his tournament. The fact that he isn't goal kicking really, really hurts him for me. The Storm and the Panthers, I understand the Storm should walk this one comfortably, but it's hard to really turn down the, the Panthers' defense. Even uh, they, they struggled so much last week, but only considered 12 points. I know that the Storm should, on paper, put them through the sword, but on paper last week, the, the, the Storm should have put the sword through. Uh, the Cowboys didn't do that. So this is a game I'm pretty happy to miss. Also, Nico Hines, I mean, he's going to shift to, to hooker maybe, like or even in the halves. Like, it was just a weird sort of rotation. It looks like Harry Grant, uh, by, re- by reports, is he's back this week. So where does that leave the Hines-Pappenhausen combination? It's just too much of the, uh, up in the air for me. Titans-Bulldogs, this one has Fafita written all over it, doesn't it? And the Sharks and the Seagulls, only one man to really chuck the sea on here. Yeah, I, I think it'd take a brave man not to have the C on Turbo this week, wouldn't it? I, I, I could probably record that and play it every fucking week at the moment. Uh, yeah, definitely, mate. I um, obviously make the graphics for the captains every week. I don't think I don't think I've changed uh, Travoyevich since about round ten. So uh, that stayed there every week for me, mate. I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to be looking at a VC on Fafita and a captaincy on Teddy uh, on Turbo, not Teddy. Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't mind the Fafita play. I'll, I'll probably go Cody Walker. I was I was actually talking to the rub down last night, mate. I'll be interested to hear your take on it. I was saying to them that for me, Cody Walker. He is just in such good touch at the moment. He's playing unbelievably, and his passing game is just going so well that it's it's almost becoming a negative for him in Supercoach. Like, he doesn't have that extremely high ceiling of 130-plus because he's not running the ball. He is just finessing these unbelievable passes that are some of the best footy we can see, and he gets 15, 20 points for it. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, mate? I think the thing with Cody Walker, and his kicking game as well, I think Cody Walker's kicking game has developed um, sensationally. But the thing with Cody Walker that really gets me going is the fact that he's playing on both sides. For years and years and years, Cody Walker has been pigeonholed on that left, um, but he's laying on tries both sides of the field, which is very, very appealing. I, it just kills me that he's not running the football, though. And if I was him doing what he's doing, I wouldn't be running the football because I don't fucking need to. I'm absolutely braining it just with my pass, left, right, and center. But I just feel like that's what's keeping him from going to that next level. Like, if he has a try where he, you know, he gets a line break, then he breaks two tackles, he offloads. It's so many more points that we're just not seeing from Cody. Also, a really good quality about Cody Walker's um, game is his support play as well. So if he yeah. puts someone through a hole... And then, and then it's it's sort of two on one with the fullback. He's pushed up through support and he gets the ball and scores. That's not a line break, unfortunately, for him. Um, if you beat the fullback two on one, it's, it's not a line break. So he just gets the 17 points for a try there, which is a big negative for him as well. But I think, yeah, Cody Walker is, is playing so good. It is, it's harming his own game, unfortunately. But he is 
he's one of those guys that you can't ever not look at for for some kind of captaincy option, is he? Because you just know that yeah. on any given week, he can just turn it on. Yeah, no doubt about it. Whisperer, mate, thank you for joining us once again. Good luck in round 20. We look forward to having you on next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.